Hello everyone and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm like holding on for dear life. It's super windy here, so I kind of feel like my house is about to blow over. But I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good too. It's very windy here as well so i have a little i have a wee bit of a headache actually but um i'm powering through it um but like other than the wind it's been really nice and the cutest thing happened yesterday al it it reminded me of when i was a kid these two kids they were like five years old or maybe a little bit older came knocking on my door and they're just like hey do you have any kids that we can play with and i I don't know what it just like warmed my heart because you don't see that anymore yeah we used to do that too oh that's the cutest they were just looking for some friends. Yeah, so it's summer's here by God, and the the kids are playing. So it's uh, maybe it made me feel good. You because you don't get that in an apartment really. And this is the no. this is our first spring slash summer in our new house. So yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. That means you guys will get some trick or treaters and stuff for Halloween too. I think that it's going to be off the walls when it comes to Halloween here, which I'm also <laughs> excited about. Because we just missed Halloween when we moved in. We moved in about two weeks after Halloween. So oh, that's right. That's looking, right. Looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, we we have a good show today. We are here to talk about the most underrated dungeons in the Legend of Zelda series. But Allison, before we get there, I need to tell you about something. I debated if I was going to talk about it on the show today or not. But I decided that I'm going to, by God. Okay. I had the wildest dream last night and i'm gonna share it with you and i'll share it with everybody listening and it was about breath of the wild too oh and i'm gonna preface this with like i i usually don't like i don't really dream about video games ever my dreams are like weird stuff and then they're not they're not usually like video game kind of dreams but for some reason i had like a dream where i was watching the breath of the wild 2 premiere trailer but simultaneously, I was in the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. And it was it was pretty bonkers because like it was it was set in Hyrule Castle, although it was like kind of this like ritzy glen. It looked more like a hotel than Hyrule Castle. <laughs> and then and then all of that green stuff from the trailer started swirling in and taking over everything. And then uh it, I think I remembered our episode because in my dream I don't know if it was an announcer, the Nintendo guy, if it was King Ro Somebody was just like, oh, this green stuff gives you new runes. And I was like, oh, Allison was right. And nice. I was still dreaming. <laughs> and so all, the, all this green stuff is taking over, but it's like infecting everybody. So like, uh, I think it was King Rome. He was like infected and like Zelda was infected and like the, people turn into like zombies almost with this green gooey stuff. And I was just like, this is absolutely bonkers. This is so great. And I like I was kind of going in and out of like I was in the action happening, but I was watching the action happening from like my computer. You know how that is when you're dreaming? Yeah. And I was like 
I was bawling because I was so happy, and I was trying to get everyone at Zelda Dungeon. I was pinging the news team, and I was like, guys, there's a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Where is everybody? And no one was around. And then I was like, wait a second, is this fake? And then I tried to, while I was watching the trailer, I was trying to see if it was fake or not. Um, the last thing that I remember happening in this dream is, like, King King Rome, and I'm, I think it was King Rome, I'm pretty sure, he did the whole, like, corpse Ganon face, and kind of his neck snapped to one side, and I was like, it wasn't Ganon at all, it was this guy, we've been duped all along. Oh my goodness. So, I don't know what where it transitioned to after that, because, uh, you know, I, I have some weird-ass dreams, but... I, like, vividly remember this, and I was just like, this is so cool. Like, I think I've had a premonition. <laughs> That's awesome. That's insane. But, like, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from because, like, I also have really weird vis vivid dreams. I think it's because of melatonin, or at least that's what I hear. But, like, um, yeah, that's insane. And, like, to be... You're, like, in it, but you're, like, trying to get the ZD crew to, to talk about it and write about it. <laughs> like, I'm in this, guys. What's happening? Why are you writing about it? That's I, and, crazy. But the, wor the worst part was I had this, like, dread, and I was just like, oh, my God. This is a fake trailer that you're watching. This isn't real. That's why no one else is here. And, like, now now you have no integrity left because you're, you're pinging about this fake trailer. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was bananas. Crazy. Well, but yeah, that that one line about the the green stuff giving new runes. I like I directly credit you with uh with putting that in my brain. You all hear that? Like even in Andy's subconscious, he knows I'm right. So Allison is lurking. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What a fun dream. Uh so yeah, and like maybe maybe it was a premonition, man. Like maybe maybe King Rome is going to be that secret bad guy and not Ganon. I don't know if that happens, I I don't know. I'm going to start trying to you keep should, more track um, of my dreams. Yeah, you should write it down. Um, I Like, sometimes when I have really kooky dreams, I write them down and I go back and read them. And I'm like, what the heck was this? And But you should totally write it down and see if any of those things, like, actually happen. That way you don't forget. It's, yeah, it was wild. So we, we will see. But I wanted to share that because it was just so bonkers. And, uh... You know, I I probably think I would have forgot if not for like the sensation that I was watching Breath of the Wild two, finally. Yeah. So yeah. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, there. Yeah. There. There we go. Uh, let me know if you have had any uh, Breath of the Wild two <laughs> dreams. But let's let's dive into the show here today, and uh, let's talk about the most underrated dungeons in the Legend of Zelda series, Allison, and we're, so what, we, what we've done is we've each compiled a list of five dungeons. Yeah. And there's probably a bunch, I mean, there's definitely a bunch that we're going to overlook. Um, the whole, the whole thing with being underrated is it's, those aren't the dungeons that you immediately think of. So even when I'm compiling my list, I'm just like, all right, like, you know, I, I've got these dungeons, but obviously if we're talking like a really underrated dungeon, you know, nobody talks about level six from the original Legend of Zelda or like yeah. nobody talks about Gnarled Root Dungeon or whatever. But the when I was doing my list, I tried to base it on the criteria of, OK, so nobody talks about these dungeons, but I feel like they're really, really strong, really great dungeons and or, or maybe not even great, but like much better than you expect them to be dungeons. So I'm, I'm basing my list on that. Yeah, I feel like I kind of made my list on their solid dungeons, 
and usually I hear kind of negative things about them. Like, if you're talking about it, people are like, oh, I don't really care about that dungeon that much. So this is that's how I compiled my list. Right. Although I do so, have one that should be a dungeon, but isn't. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm very... Oh, wait, I, I know what it is. I bet you I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So I, we just wanted to throw those ground rules out there. So there is... You know, the, the definition of underrated is very subjective. It differs from person to person. Uh, we're probably going to throw out some dungeons that people are like, oh, these aren't underrated. Like the the level two from Triforce Heroes is underrated. Whatever, right? Like these are underrated in our own eyes, and our own opinion. And we'll we'll kind of give some context as to why we think that, uh, that they are underrated. So with that caveat being said and being out of the way, Allison... Would you like to start first, or would you like me to start first? Um, you go ahead. Okay, so I, I kind of put mine in order, but like a loose order, like a quasi order here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it, and I'm going to give some love to a game that I don't usually give a lot of love to, and that is the Legend of Zelda: Phantom Hourglass. Oh. Um. You, you know what? I, I think. I think I've said before that Phantom Hourglass, as far as like a traditional mainline Zelda, so not like a spinoff, um, I think that Phantom Hourglass is, if not my least, then in my bottom like two or three favorites. But I do want to give a proper shout out to one of the best dungeons in that game and a really strong dungeon overall. I think that you could stack up against many 2D dungeons and that is the Goron Temple. And, you know, I, I'm not going to claim that this is the best dungeon in the world or anything like that. It still suffers from a lot of the same problems that, that Phantom Hourglass has, where, like, everything looks kind of bland, all the rooms look kind of the same. Um, but I will say that I do think that you... I, I think that you get a lot out of the gimmick between switching between uh, Link and the the Goron kid, whose name is escaping me right now. Yeah, Don Goron is that is that his name? Something like that. I can't remember it either. All right. I think I think it's Gone Goron. Um, so I think that you get a lot out of that gimmick and that it, it plays really well. It was refreshing to be able to play as like a different character other than Link. I'm always kind of a fan of that. I like you know just being able to switch it up. Um, this this dungeon I feel like has some some cool puzzles in it. Some cool enemies. It's got the whole like sand aesthetic which i feel like is usually always a pretty strong theme in a dungeon mm-hmm. um i can't think of like really a bad like sand dungeon if you will um and i think that uh, that the final boss in particular i thought was was really fun um where you're where you're kind of switching between uh gongoron and link and and you're trying to uh you're just trying to like crack his his shell or whatever um i, I thought that that was cool i'm like when you finally knock him over, you can you can go and do your damage. Um, I, I thought that that was that was you know a really fun boss battle. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say that I think Phantom Hourglass in general, for the most part, has pretty fun boss battles. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that this is it's a dungeon that I don't think that people talk about ever really. Um, you know, just due to the fact that it's from Phantom Hourglass. I think that unfortunately, when you, when you're talking about Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks for that matter, you tend to focus on Temple of the Ocean King or Tower of Spirits because those are like those are the dungeons that are so identifiable with those games because you keep on going back and back and back and back. 
Um, so I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone talk about this dungeon. I thought that it was really fun. I played it about a year ago. I had a, I had a good time. thought the boss battle was great. I liked the switching of Link and, and Gongoro, or whatever his name is. Uh, sorry, buddy. And, yeah, I, uh, I think that this one probably... You know, probably should be on more people's radar than it is. I um I like everything that you said because I also really like this dungeon and I really appreciate Phantom Hourglass. So there's that. I think something I could say about Phantom Hourglass's dungeons after playing the two Oracle games is that they're paced really well. They're not overly long and just like a slog to get through. And the um. This one is definitely one of the faster of the bunch, and so I always appreciate that, especially because I speedrun the game. But yeah, mm -hmm. I like the switching between the two as well, because you're, you're switching between to solve puzzles and open doors for each other, which always gave me Link and Cafe vibes from Majora's Mask. And, yeah. Um, exactly. And then also, Dongorongo is a cool boss, like, like you were saying. Um, all the bosses from Phantom Hourglass are, are cool, just as you said. I think because they do really well using the mechanic where you have to use the Silas, and it's re they're really interesting and unique. But yeah, that one is a lot of fun. I always really appreciate uh, um, when I get to Dongo Rongo. He's one of my favorite bosses. So I agree. I like that I like that dungeon a lot, and it should definitely be you know on a lot more people's radars when they consider dungeons in the Zelda series. Yeah, and you know, I was about to say that I think that Phantom Hourglass has, like, strong bosses across the board, but then I remembered about my boy Bellum at the end, and I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't quite spit that out, so, uh, Don Garongo, that was his name, it was escaping yeah. me, which is an amazing name, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah, really, really fun boss, and yeah, you, you nailed it. I love, like, the, um, this, like, almost in any video game, when, like, you you have two parties that are separated, and, like, you're doing things that help the party over here. They can advance, do something that helps the party advance over there. I just like, I'm a sucker for that mechanic. And I think that they, they used it really well in this. Yeah. And you also get the bomb shoes in that dungeon and uh, say what you will about having to use the stylus for, you know, all that stuff. But I, I really, really like using the bomb shoes in that game because you could just draw its path and that's where it'll go versus when you're in the, you know, N64 games, you try to make it go in a straight line and it's going all the way over here to the right. And you have no idea where it went. So, <laughs> yeah, so. I'd, I'd be willing to to concede that as well. Like, I, I don't, you know, everybody knows I, I'm not a big fan of the stylus controls. But for bomb chews in particular, it's it's nice because, yeah, I've, I've played that mini game in Ocarina of Time too many times, you know, hitting that big chicken in the center, just being like, <laughs> throw my bomb chews. So exactly. it's nice to it's nice to know exactly where it's going to go. Awesome. Well, um, I've got one on my list. I'm going to bounce around my list. Um, I think the first one I'm going to talk about, because it's definitely, like, this one's kind of, like, low-hanging fruit, but I really, 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 really liked the Dancing Dragon Dungeon from Oracle of Seasons. And when I, heard, when I was talking with you about it, Andy, on those episodes, I was thinking that you were going to be at the same mind as me and like it too, but you were kind of meh about it. And I was like, what is he talking about? This is, like one of the better dungeons of this game like I I didn't understand and it's fine it's everybody's opinion but I was just like I've never heard of this dungeon until like this point or at least never thought about it because I hadn't played the game in 17 years but it's just it's such a it's got all the standards you like the uh formula for a perfect Zelda dungeon it's got a really cool like aesthetic it's like this 
like lime neon green everywhere. The music is probably the best. Music rocks. Yeah, from all the other dungeons in that game, and it was in the middle too. So it was like it was like this cool kind of. It got me you know, like motivated to keep playing the game because at that point you're like, kind of like, okay, like I've already done a few dungeons and I'm a little tired now, but I don't know. It just it it amped me up and I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot to add because we just talked about this, but um, I will say that the music was, that, that's got to be the best boss music or dungeon music in the game, right? Like, I can't think of anything else that, that sticks neither. out to me, and that that was good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe when I got there, I was, like, burned out from, from those dungeons, because, like, that was my, God, what would, like, 12th dungeon in a row um, that yeah. are, you know... Those dungeons are, like, similar-ish. Like, they, they can certainly be different and set themselves apart. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, you're still staring at a screen and you're you're limited in what you can do with 2D dungeons versus 3D dungeons and how you can make them more memorable. So um, I would be maybe willing to say that Burnout had a little bit of a factor in that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought I think that if nothing else, like, the uh, the music was, was really awesome. And... Um, I think dancing is dancing dragon dungeon the one where you get the um, the seed shooter or not the seed shooter? What's the equivalent in seasons? The slingshot? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, gosh. so that's a cool item. Yeah, and you fight you fight Goma. I know you didn't care for that fight, but I I liked it because Goma kind of threw me for a loop. I was fighting her a certain way for a long time until I figured out that that was not working. I'm like, why isn't she dying? <laughs> so I I thought that was cool. And it wasn't very obvious, and yeah, I just, I don't know, I really liked it, and a lot of the puzzles made me feel super smart, and I always love that about Zelda, like, the dungeons in the Zelda series, so I, I really appreciate that one, and I think it should be, I, I don't know, I think it should have a little bit more highlight on it. Yeah, so I remember fighting Goma as well, and being like, oh, nothing seems to be working here, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it wasn't my favorite, but, um, I, you know, I'm glad that, that you liked it. And I will, the only thing I'll add is when I was, um, chopping together the episodes, uh, a few weeks ago for the Oracle series, I found a YouTube series that was like orchestrated Oracle music. And so of course I went and listened to Ooh. Dancing Dungeon. It was awesome. I, I can't remember the actual name of the channel off the top of my head, but if you if you throw it in YouTube, you will definitely find it. So uh, go check that out, everybody. It was really cool. Nice, that is cool. I'm I'm gonna check that out for sure. All right, so Allison, let's go from Goma to Armor Goma. All right, that's that's <laughs> right, baby. I'm talking. I'm going back to back games that I'm typically not super kind with here, and I'm gonna pick one from Legend of Zelda. Twilight Princess, I'm going the Temple of Time. And I feel like I see people all the time just poop all over this dungeon. And I don't know why, because I think that this is one of, like, the strongest dungeons from Twilight Princess. And I really, truly feel that. Um, it really it really sets itself apart from the rest of the pack in a lot of really positive ways, I feel like. because I, First of all, let me back up here and say that, first of all... I think the Twilight Princess has too many dungeons. Like there, yes. there's too many. They run together. Um, some of them are too. Some of them are much too long. 
But this one, I feel like, has an identity of its own and, and is able to really kind of stand apart. Um, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of dungeons in the series operate the same way that Temple of Time do, where, like, you're progressively going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. You get to the top, you get your dungeon item. That You have a really great fight versus a Dark Knot up there, by the way. You get your dungeon item, and then with that one item, it completely changes the entire function and structure of the dungeon as you go back down, down, down. And I think that the um, the way that you move that big statue around and, like, I just think it's really clever. And I think it's really clever how, like, you, you know, you can go through the dungeon and you can, while you're going up, like, you have a certain set of puzzles and once you get that that item, the Dominion Rod, and then the statue, all of those puzzles are still there, but now you have to completely rethink how you do them. So I, I just think that it's, like, a really smart dungeon. I, I love I love the music of the dungeon, too. Mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of it. It's just, like, it's exactly what I think a dungeon like Temple of Time should look like. Um, so I, I think that it's just, like, really, really clever in the way that you that you have to operate and constantly think and strategize and, and plan ahead. Um, there, there are a few annoying parts. Like when you, um, you're on that like scale or whatever that you have to throw all of the, the oh, mini yeah. statues on that. That's pretty awful. Um, and it's super, super easy to miss the boss key, which is also kind of lame, yeah. but all that aside, I, I think that this is like a really, really great dungeon. Um, so this, and I feel like this is a controversial pick and and a lot of people don't like this one. So Allison, I'm curious to, to hear what you say. I actually really like Temple of Time too. And I have fond memories of it because the last time I played it, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. (laughs) And Josh was there hanging out with me and he was watching and he was so like fed up with me. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing? Stop it. Cause I couldn't figure it out. And I also think I missed the boss but <laughs> um, eventually I did figure it out. And this is, a, this is a dungeon that I really like. I have a lot of fun with for all the same reasons that you said. Plus, you kind of, like, when you get the statue, you get this, like, giant hammer weapon with it, too, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. And you get to, like, smash gates and smash spiders, and that's cool. I like that. And, <laughs> and the aesthetic is really cool. In the HD version, it looks better, too, and it looks, like, brighter, and there's more details on the walls and stuff, and in that... Um, stained glass uh window that you enter from so i really like this dungeon too and um the boss fight is pretty awesome as well um i think one of the things that i feel is i always get to this dungeon in twilight princess and then this is where i want to stop because the next dungeon i hate it so (laughs) this is usually the point where i beat this dungeon and then i'm done with the rest of the game (laughs) If if the if the sequence after this dungeon didn't exist, Twilight Princess would be so much better because like the momentum just grinds to yeah, a halt because the Dominion Rod doesn't work after you got to go find all the statues, you got to go do all the, the side quests, and then you got you go to the city in the sky, which is like the awful. longest dungeon in the history of dungeons. Oh, <sighs> yeah, horrible. But the, this this dungeon itself, I do love. I feel like there were probably some people out there that spit out their coffee, though, when you said that you love Armagoma. Because I, I see people frequently say that this is one of the worst bosses Why? in Zelda. I mean, she's creepy and, like, yeah, really scary looking, but the fight is cool. I think, I, you know what, I don't mind this boss either. And I think that people don't like Armagoma because, like, 
the fight is like stupidly easy. But and... you know what? Whatever, right? Like yeah. I, at at this point, you fought like um, you fought like Blazetta, you fought uh, Stalord, you fought whatever the heck Mor- Morpheal or whatever it was. These are some pretty like incredible bosses. So like, if you get kind of this this dud boss with Armagoma, that like at least it looks cool and like it's an easy fight and it's satisfying using your Dominion Rod to like smash the hammer right on her stomach. Like I, I don't need it to be super challenging. I think that it's fine for what it is. Um, you know, I, I think at, at the end when you have like the goofy bit of, yeah, bit of haha when you're chasing around the eye is like kind of whatever. But for the most part, I, I think that it's a pretty decent fight. All things considered. Yeah, I think so, too. And I just think that's also one of her coolest-looking forms, too. She just looks so B.A. in, like, this massive creature. And, yeah, li- listen, I don't like spiders either. It's th- She's creepy. But, like, still really cool. I get major Shelob vibes, vibes from her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, th- there you go. Nice. Temple of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of Twilight Princess here and go with my next dungeon, which actually I used to like underrate myself um, before my last time playing this game, which is Snow Peak Ruins. And I know, I know this; it has some people that like it, but I feel like the more people I talk to don't like it. So I, I put this really? one on my list because it, it's kind of odd, I think, because it's in a house and it doesn't really feel like a dungeon. You're like helping these yetos, yeti, yetta, whatever. And <laughs> and so it doesn't. It feels kind of like odd and out of place in the middle of Twilight Princess. But I think it has a charm to it, and I really appreciate that. You know, sometimes you go into a dungeon and you don't feel like you have any. You're like disconnected from the outside world. Well, this dungeon kind of makes you feel like you're more connected. There's people in there with you, or yeti yetis that are in there with you. You know, and the yetta, she's kind of like directing you around, and she's a little delirious. So it, it, <laughs> you keep like finding cheese and pumpkins and stuff. And I just think it's charming and kind of funny. And the puzzles are cool. And I let me tell you, I don't normally like ice dungeons, and I think that's why. I like put this dungeon on the back burner before because I don't really care for the for the ice for slipping and all that kind of stuff. But I really liked this one and the block puzzles are cool. You know, when you um you're switching to a wolf and you're digging in the snow, I think that's fun. I I do not like those guys with the spears, the frozen dudes. I don't know what they're called, but I hate them. I think everybody hates they're them. They're awful. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you've got a cool item that you get. I don't think you get in any other Zelda game. And then um, you also fight Blazetta, which is a super awesome boss fight. Yeah, that, uh, totally. Um, I, I think that 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 is like one of the one of the better dungeons in the series, actually. Like it, it would be up. There, it would definitely be in my top 10 dungeons of the series. Nice. If, uh, if you put me on the spot. I I don't know. That I would even say it's underrated, but probably because I've always really liked Snow Peak, and and kind of for the reasons that you said, where it's just like, again, it does something different to stand out, right? Like yeah. it's it's in, it's in like a mansion. It's not in your typical like sanctuary or, or temple or whatever, and it's got like characters that you can interact with throughout, and you're 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 getting these weird pumpkin, you're getting these ingredients for this stew, and it's like, it's very different, and I feel like, like it was. The dungeons that that do the best to me in Twilight Princess are the ones that feel very different and offer something unique. And I feel like this one really offers something unique. So 
to me, I wouldn't even say it's underrated. I think this is one of the best dungeons in the series. And that's fair. Like, uh, like you said at the beginning, I think it's all about perspective. I just feel like I've heard more negative things about it. You know, I usually hear about Arbiter's Grounds, the Forest Temple, the uh, Temple of Twilight, and all that kind of stuff from this game. And usually when people are talking about Snow Peak Runes, I feel like it's kind of bypassed, at least in my circles. So it, it, it's different for everybody. I think it deserves all the love that it can get, though. Sure. Yeah, I am mad at that. Uh, I One thing I think everybody can definitely agree on is that we all hate those icicle dudes yeah. who stand <laughs> right at the corner while you're swinging on the chandeliers and <laughs> knock you off. <laughs> and and, and have... I bet you... I bet you that you forgot to smash the hookshot pad with your ball and chain, so you have to go do the whole thing again. And they're like, Worst. they have like impeccable aim and stuff, so like you can't even dodge them. They just hit you every time. It's awful. Yeah, they, they're they terrible. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but I probably just blocked it from my memory, so right? there you go. Dramatic. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's, let's keep it rolling here, and... Let's talk, so my next one is one, I'm not sure if it's underrated or not, but I never hear anybody talking about it, and I think that's because it's DLC. Everybody knows where I'm going with this, so oh, I'm, yeah. I'll throw it out there. I'm talking about the final Divine Beast from Breath of the Wild. Now, I would be the first one to say that I don't think that the Divine Beasts from Breath of the Wild are anything out of this world. I think that they're solid. I wouldn't, I don't know that they, you know, compare to some of the, the best or even some of the, like, most solid dungeons in the Zelda series, but I feel like the the effort that the DLC put in, for the Champions Ballad DLC put in, that was the final Divine Beast, I really, really loved, and it was because this one felt most like a traditional Zelda dungeon to me, while still having, like, the, the aesthetic and the and the you know uniqueness of Breath of the Wild. So it felt like kind of a nice mix of the two. Where like, you know, all of the dungeon or all the Divine Beasts beforehand had, had kind of leaned into their respective element. And and rightfully so, because that makes sense. Whereas this one has the advantage of like, okay, like we can have our fire room over here, but we can also have our water room over here. There was lots of really great puzzles in there that that made use of everything that you had gathered uh up to this point and you know it was just like it was challenging as well you know or as far as you know divine beasts go this was the most challenging i thought and i think that was a criticism from a lot of people where it was like man these divine beasts are like so easy so i i thought that this one was um was really great even the music i i think was actually pretty cool and you know when again looking looking back in comparison to the other divine beasts i don't know that i would say the same thing so yeah i i thought that this was like really cool i always really loved like the story implication too like whoa why is there a fifth divine beast like what is this thing and and whatever and i'm sure that nintendo didn't have any thought to that they were just like ah whatever let's make another divine beast but i really loved it i thought it was cool um yeah i i i really love and of course at the end you get the best boss fight in the series, Monk Maz Kashia, what like what more could you ask for? Uh, this is this is like a, the complete package for me, and I, I don't know if it's because it's DLC. That's my theory, but I never hear people talking about it. I think that a lot of people like skipped out on it. Um, mm. Nintendo never released like a 
like a Breath of the Wild complete edition. So, yeah, I, I just think a lot of people never really got around to playing the Champions Ballad or experiencing this dungeon, which is too bad because I think that it's like very, very clearly the best in Breath of the Wild. I think... I, I think I have the answer to why a lot of people don't talk about it or um, probably don't experience, haven't experienced it the same. And I think it's because it takes a while to get to. And, uh, and as many Breath of the Wild files that I have played, and I've played a lot, I think I've only done this dungeon three times in the last three years that it's been out. So... It, it just, it, you have to, first of all, defeat all the Divine Beasts, and then you have to go do all these trials in the different area, which is another, I don't know, 12, 16... 16, yeah. 16 shrines, yeah. 16 shrines, so there's all that, plus all these kind of little trials to get into the shrines. So it takes a while to get there, and I think that's probably why it's not talked about as much, because it's not played as much as the other Divine Beasts. The other Divine Beasts are a lot easier to get to, a lot quicker to get through, and and you don't have to do as many shrines to you don't even have to do any shrines to get to them you just go right. to them so yeah th- i think that's the reason why and i agree with you it definitely feels more like the traditional dungeon i kind of feel like nintendo knew going into breath of the wild that people were going to have complaints about the lack of dungeons so they created this one to be in the dlc um, each room has an element from the other divine beasts which is super cool the puzzles are so unique and like well thought mm-hmm. out and you just feel like such a freaking genius when you figure them out and i love that and um and then you open that big door in the middle you've got progressively harder guardians coming out in the middle and it's just cool and then yeah when you get to the end you think your friend guy there who's been guiding you through this journey is gonna you know reward you with something instead he starts twitching and <laughs> you're just like oh my god what is happening now and you fight this giant monk and it's great and he's a lot of fun he's got a lot of uh, crazy stuff going on and the music is boss obviously and then the the reward for it is just so satisfying like the the master cycle is such a great like end game reward and it's definitely a very powerful dungeon that I agree, and not a lot of people talk about, but I think it's because it takes a lot of work to get there. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I didn't consider... Because, I mean, you really do need to go through a lot to get there. And not only the shrines, but you need to do um, all the obliterator stuff, too, which I could see someone just being like, forget this, I'm going to fight Ganon. Uh, So, yeah, you know, it's too bad, because, like, I think that, you know, I've got... we've, We've just, you know... We have just talked about Monk Maz Kashia, the boss fight, to tell we're blue in the face here on this show. But that's because it's so good. It is such a good fight. Um, we talked about it in our best done or best boss fight ever list that we did uh, a couple of months ago. Um, we also we also talked about the champions ballad in very very in depth detail that we talked about uh, a couple of months ago as well. So if you want to go and check those shows out, really encourage you to. But yeah, this is just it's such a good dungeon and it's like to me it's like the perfect mix of the old with the new the old kind of dungeon the you know make you think and great fights and stuff like that but like mixed with the new breath of the wild like runes and and emphasis on a different kind of dungeon and the movement of the dungeon um just a complete package such a good such a good dungeon and uh you know if you 
if you bought the champion's ballad and you and you gave up and didn't push through and and do this dungeon by god then uh it's i hope you it. give it another chance yeah yes. it's worth it for sure 100 percent. i don't know if i could follow that one up but i'm gonna try <laughs> i i think I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the dungeon that isn't a dungeon but totally feels like it is and should be um ancient right. castle of uh i'm gonna butcher this i always i feel like i always pronounce things wrong but <laughs> the ancient castle of Ikana in Majora's Mask. <laughs> I, I feel like Ikana, Ikana. I feel like that's uh, that's fair. That's right. That's fine. Everybody makes fun of me for how I say Majora's, so I'm always like paranoid now that I'm <laughs> that I'm pronouncing everything wrong. But and we talked about this. Um, oh my gosh, it's been like a year since we've talked about this actually, because we did um, for Majora's Mask anniversary last February. So Last April, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, this this is like a kind of a side dungeon, mini dungeon kind of deal and you've got a bunch of cool puzzles and it feels like you are going through a dungeon and it's kind of odd that you aren't. And you've got um you've got like cool enemies in there, cool puzzles and it's I don't know why, but I just feel disappointed by how quick it is, and um, and then you go to the actual dungeon that I don't like, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, can I turn around and go back to that other place? I really like that other place better. Can that be my final dungeon? Um, and the boss fight is really freaking cool too. So I don't know. It's it it feels kind of odd and out of place because I don't feel like the other sequences in the game have like a mini like a super mini dungeon like that. I mean, you have these tasks that you have to do, but it's not on that scale where it feels like you do a dungeon and then you do another bigger dungeon afterwards. That's the actual one. So I kind of feel like this should have been the final one. And if it was extended, that would be great. And I don't know. It just, and nobody talks about it either. Like at all, because there's Stone Tower Temple and everybody loves Stone Tower Temple. So yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I like Stone Tower Temple, but I don't love Stone Tower Temple. I think, yeah, I think it would have been cool if like, you know, the final dungeon in Majora's Mask was like this big castle, the kind of castle that you go through. And cause, cause you like, you don't really get that in Majora's Mask cause you have something a little bit different, uh, where you go to the moon instead and like you're, you know, you're doing the whole trials there. So it would have been kind of cool to like have a... Hyrule Castle-esque dungeon, but not Hyrule Castle. And I think Ikana could have filled that. Um, it didn't, obviously. But I think that what we do get is really fun and really really creepy and full of personality. Um, the one thing... I think the only negative thing about Ikana Castle is like when when you fight King Ikana and his two minions are, are bickering back and forth and it goes on forever. That's the only, that's the only downfall of it, and it's not funny... But uh, other than that, it's a really cool place. It's a really cool vibe. I love like when you're on um when you're on the top of Ikana and like you're uh, you're just standing on the roof and you can see like all the crows and stuff like that. It, it really it's something small, but it really adds to um, the ambiance to me. It, it makes it feel like very menacing, very you know, very. Uh, I can't even think of what the word is, but like just a dead place or whatever, right? Yeah, like, that's um, that's the vibe I get from it too. It's just so dead there, and it's it's creepy, but it's awesome. I like the creepy places in Zelda. Everybody knows that. So, and you know what? Like 
even though there's that bickering between the two henchmen, I feel like that boss fight was better than the one you get in Stone Tower Temple. I don't like that. What are, what are those guys? Are they some kind of mold dorm or whatever? Tw- twin mold. Twin mold. Thank you. I don't like that boss fight. It It's kind of just bleh, especially for a final dungeon boss fight before you go to the moon or whatever. It's just... I, I don't know. I liked I liked fighting um the little skeleton dudes better. <laughs> and I felt like there was more to think about in that boss fight than there was when you're fighting Twin Mold. Um I I think I think it just felt a little bit more personal cuz you're in a smaller space and like you I, I agree actually cuz I I really love having to like shoot out the curtains and stuff like that and you use yeah. the mirror shield which you pick up in there. It's a really clever like, it's a really clever boss fight, and you're using your tools, whereas when you get to Twin Mold, you're just kind of using the giant mask, which you just got. So it doesn't feel as... Like, it doesn't feel like you're using your skills as much. Um, but that could just be, you know, that could just be me being weird. I really love... The one thing I love about Iconic Castle, maybe more than anything, is, like, when you put on the Gibdo mask and all yes. the Gibdos to start doing, like, the can-can <laughs> dance. It's so bizarre and, like, it's creepy. It's it's like it's great i don't know if they i they went into detail about it but they used to be like a troop or something where they performed in life and so they see that mask and they're like oh yeah it's time to perform but yeah it's like kind of a cool you like want to know the background of that because otherwise you just have these creepy redeads or gibdos and you're nobody likes those because they're scary and they're terrifying and they suck the life from you but then all of a sudden they're like dancing and that's even more creepy but also kind of hilarious like that's just awesome i don't know it's such a weird sequence getting to stone tower temple i just feel like this should have been the uh the final dungeon versus stone tower temple and i know a lot of people like stone tower Temple. i get it but (laughs) i don't (laughs) yep that's fair um all right let's uh let's keep it moving here now of course you knew that i was going to pick a dungeon from this game by god if you looked up underrated in the dictionary the picture next to it is the legend of zelda the minish cap and i was like (laughs) hmm which dungeon because all the dungeons in minish cap are awesome and i was like which dungeon is the most underrated and so i was thinking and i'm like deepwood shrine is fantastic but i feel like most people have at least gotten through deepwood shrine because it takes like 10 minutes to actually get to that dungeon and can appreciate that a little bit thinking a little bit further i was like the Cave of Flames is really great, but I think that there and and the the Temple of Droplets is also really great. But I decided on another sand dungeon, and I wanted to to pick out this one in particular. And I'm talking about the Fortress of Winds. And this is I feel like within this game, this is especially where all the dungeons are underrated. This is an especially underrated dungeon, and I think it's because it's like the middle dungeon. And I think it's because during it, during the, the course of Minish Cap, you're supposed to get like all of the elements for your sword. And when you finish this dungeon, you actually don't get the element. It's, it's already gone. So you kind of feel like you've done it for nothing. And I think that that brings it down a little bit to some people. Or it's like, oh, I didn't really accomplish much in this dungeon. It's kind of a placeholder. And then... In, later in the game, you have the Palace of Winds, which I think a lot of people view as kind of like an upgraded version of this. But I am here to tell you that this dungeon is fantastic. It's, like I said, there's never been a bad sand dungeon. And I think that 
you know, it, it has a little bit of everything. Um, there's lots of like really cool fights in this, in this dungeon. You, you hook up with the dark knot for the first time and like, they are big and they are bad. Um, and you have like the most awesome version of bongo bongo as the final boss. I don't know what the, uh, the name for him is, but he's basically bongo bongo and you have to like hit his hands and, and then you shrink down and you go inside of him and like destroy him from within. It's super, super cool. You get the mole mitts in this dungeon, which is like such a cool item. You can use it to like claw your way through the sand blocks and stuff like that. It's so clever. Um, it, there's, there's a little bit of everything and like there's some verticality puzzles in this one. So like you have to fall down holes and like end up in certain spots. There are certain puzzles where like you're, you're, you know, minish and you're really small and like you have to go in between two spikes and avoid falling in through, through traps. There's the classic, like you're, you have to run on the floor tile before it falls away. This like, it's just a greatest hits of like everything good about 2D Zelda dungeons. I love, I love the minish cap. I love every dungeon, but this dungeon, I feel like in particular, it doesn't get any love from anybody. So, uh, there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it up for Fortress of Winds. This is a great dungeon and, uh, yeah, one one of my favorites. But you know what? Every dungeon in Minish Cap, I think, is like legitimately awesome. So there you go. And you get a nice ocarina at the end of this. So what could be better than that? <laughs> I um I feel like I don't have much to contribute to this dungeon, mostly just because I haven't played in so long and I literally don't remember it. But I think that's the point. Is like when I think of Minish Cap, I think of the first dungeon. It's um I. I feel like it's definitely different and out there and it's when you're first starting to like shrink and all that kind of stuff and you're kind of figuring out the the puzzles um this way and the new world that you're in and I always really like that dungeon and then I can think of like the last sequence as well and the final boss fight but pretty much everything in the middle of Minish Cap I don't really remember but like I said I think that's kind of the point is that you know a lot of people glossed over this game they might have played it forever ago but haven't replayed it in recent years or like almost annually as you probably have um and so there's some pretty good decent dungeons in there at least from what i've heard and what i've kind of seen at the marathon that people are forgetting you know they're not thinking about and not you know considering if we were doing like a competition on zelda dungeons website about the top 50 dungeons um right. i don't think that these dungeons pop up that much and I think there would be one votes. vote for the Fortress of Winds for Mandy Spateri, and that's it. <laughs> so, and you know, that's a shame. And I, and I'm saying that about myself too, because I haven't played them, and I haven't played this game in so long, so I don't even remember them to even have that much input. It's kind of sad. Yeah. And, and and but that's that's my point. Yeah, is, exactly. And you know, I I think that this is a running theme that I found out at least looking at my list um, is like all of the dungeons are like typically like middle dungeons you know yeah. what i mean like temple of time and um and the goron temple are like kind of in the middle uh, of, of the pack they're not the final one they're not like the first one they're middle yeah. ones and i think that that's the easiest to forget yes i would agree with that 100 percent. because like you i feel like everybody could easily um remember the first dungeons of most zelda games and the final as well yeah. just because the final is usually so epic and the the start is you know like the the intro dungeons which we've also done an episode on so like all the middle ground ones uh you know they don't get as much love especially if you're pushing through them rel relatively quickly like we have been recently so you know 
it is what it is. It's kind of sad, but I'm sure there are people out there that agree with you, Andy. That that's a, definitely a very underrated dungeon plus an underrated underrated game. All five of us Fortress of Winds fans, uh, we need to unite. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I'll. I'm gonna shoot a dungeon out here for you. Um. This one, I feel like there there are a few dungeons in this game that definitely get more attention than this one does in fact i feel like most people just kind of bypass this one and don't really care about it that much but i'm going for forbidden woods in wind waker i i feel like i'm pretty sure you don't like this dungeon right i i i don't like this dungeon i'm, yeah. I'm very sorry which is weird because it's a forest theme <laughs> um like I, I personally really like this one. I always look forward to getting to it. I You know, you do the Dragon Roost uh, Cavern one, and it's okay. It's a good intro dungeon. Well, I guess it's not really intro because you, uh, you have the Forsaken Fortress too. But you know what I mean. It's like your first main dungeon. Goma's a decent boss fight, and you're in a volcano. And it's great. It's got some good puzzles and stuff. Everybody remembers that one, and then they kind of just like – I feel like people kind of breeze through Forbidden Woods to get to the next sequence of the game and nobody really talks about it or cares about it. I know I have a lot of Wind Waker fans in my circles, so a lot of people really like it from there. But I feel like from Zelda Dungeon, at least not a lot of people give this dungeon very much credit. You're in this giant forest tree thing and you've got vines in the walls coming at you. Um, you get the boomerang, which, you know, is a standard item, but it's got a cool mechanic with it. Um, I really like some of the puzzles in this game, or in, sorry, in this uh, dungeon. And um, the boss fight is also really cool, if you don't cheat. <laughs> There's a way to cheat the, uh, what is his name? Something Baba. Uh, I was literally about to say something Baba. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> um, but... Uh, oh, no, it's not something Baba. It's Calidamos. Sorry, my bad. Anyways, he's this cool flower thing that eats poor Makar. And also, Makar's adorable, so how can you not like that? And you have to use the boomerang to knock him off the ceiling, and then you go whale on him. Or you could just use the water from the, uh, the sacred water and dump it on him, and he's dead in one go. But I just think it's, like, such a solid dungeon it's uh it is pretty standard but i just think it's so good i like the aesthetic i like the atmosphere the music's pretty mellow and great um you also have the leaf um i don't know if it's called the deku leaf in this game but you have the leaf and i yeah. actually really really like that item i know a lot of people don't really care for it but i don't know i just think it's really solid i always look forward to getting to it it's one of my favorites from that game and yeah i don't think a lot of people really like it compared to the other dungeons in this game, which are also fantastic. You know, I don't love this dungeon, but I'd, I'd say I like it better than, um, what is it, Wind Wind Temple? That's kind of also got the same aesthetic of, like, the, the yeah, nature with, aesthetic. with Makar. Yeah. Yeah. This this one beats the heck out of that one, I think. But but you know what, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Wind Waker's dungeons in general. Uh, I, I think... You know, we were you guys were making fun of me because I said my favorite dungeon in the game was Forsaken Fortress, which is actually an underrated dungeon now that I think about it. But um, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm glad you know I'm glad that you like it uh, because I I don't see people talk about this one very often. I I feel like you know a lot of people talk about Temple of the Gods. Um, a lot of people talk about 
the Earth Temple. Mm-hmm. Not really a whole lot of people talk about this one. So, you know, even though it's not my favorite, at least it's getting some love. Yeah, for sure. I It's funny. <laughs> I can't think of the names of anything today, but... I, I don't know. It's I also like the part getting to it, like the sequence of getting to it from talking to the Deku tree and the sequence after. Because Link looks up at this Deku tree that's talking to him and making weird noises, and his face is just so comical. Like, this giant tree is talking to me. But also the part yeah. after <laughs> where they do their ceremony is just so cute. The music is so great. And you just have all these cute little Koroks, you know, taking their seats from the tree and they're going off into the world to, you know, bring more life to this ginormous ocean. And I just think that part is really cool, too. So it's just it's a dungeon I look forward to. And it's a sequence before and after that I look forward to as well. Uh, Yeah, well, I I can't I can't argue with that. Um, Like it's it's definitely a solid dungeon. It's not that I don't like it. It's definitely very solid. Um, which is, which is frankly what I would say about all the dungeons, I feel like in Wind Waker, Wind Temple aside. So, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to present to you the most underrated dungeon. This is number one, the most underrated dungeon in the Legend of Zelda series, Allison. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I, I present you from Ocarina of Time, the Fire Temple. Okay, and I can hear people out there scoffing and rolling their eyes <laughs> and just being like, oh, it's from Ocarina of Time. How could it be underrated? Let me tell you how. Nobody ever talks about what a absolutely fantastic dungeon the Fire Temple is. And I think that it's because I think it's like the dead middle dungeon of the game. It comes directly after the Forest Temple, which is like one of the best dungeons. It's universally regarded as one of the best dungeons in the series. It's my favorite dungeon. And it comes right before the Water Temple, which is infamous for its reputation among Zelda fans. I think a lot of people really, really talk about the Shadow Temple a lot as like a very cool kind of creepy dungeon. And then a lot of people really talk about the Spirit Temple a lot because it's one where you go in between and you're traveling through time. So I think that all four of those adult dungeons are talked about a lot, but the Fire Temple never is. And I present to you a case where, like, this is an absolutely fantastic dungeon. Where, again, you have a central theme to this dungeon. You're going in and you're rescuing all of the Gorons that are captured. You're working your way up, up, up through the temple until you finally get to the top. You finally get the Megaton Hammer, which is such a boss item. It's so fun just smashing stuff like Thor and, you know, finally being able to smash down those rusty switches. And I, I love the gimmick. There is some really, really spectacular puzzles in this in this um, dungeon. And I love, like, the way that you can go from, like, really fiery rooms, like, in the, in the main kind of caverns there where you're walking along the bridge and, like, there's lava on the ground and stuff like that. And then you can enter a door and you're in this, like, almost like ancient-esque looking room and it's like all these like very stone you know kind of tablets that make up the walls and stuff like that it looks it looks very old it looks very ancient it looks very cool so i think that the aesthetic is very cool and i think that people sleep on that because like fire is such a like almost almost every game has like a fire area or a fire dungeon right like almost every zelda game has a fire dungeon mm-hmm. um and i think that people maybe overlook it because of that but I think that when you really look at it, it's it's really, really fun. 
Um, it, it has great boss fights. Uh, the one guy, his name is escaping me here, but the the buddy who who dances around and you know you you have to hookshot him out and slash him with your sword. You fight him a couple times. Um, Volvagia is such a awesome cinematic boss. Just like such a great fight. Um, again, like this this dungeon, I feel like really really has it all and it didn't hit me until about two years ago when i was playing this dungeon where i was just like man this game is this dungeon is awesome like why do people not talk about it like from from the moment where like you're kind of scaling up the walls and you're you're just going higher and higher and you you finally get to the top and you slam down that one spire and then you can finally access the boss room the you know the whole reward of like all of the Gorons and releasing them and like it's so it's so solid, it's so good. Um, the, and the music is great too. It probably isn't as good as like the Spirit Temple or the Forest Temple. And I know that there is that whole kerfuffle about the uh, the original music that was pulled. But you know, I, I feel like the music really adds to it as well. Kind of helps it with that ancient tone. I think that this is such a great dungeon. And if this dungeon was in any other Zelda game, it would be talked about way more because people would be like, wow, this dungeon is so good. But unfortunately, it just happens to be sandwiched in between like three, arguably four of the greatest dungeons in the Zelda series. You know what I mean? Like this is like, I think that this is like a B plus A minus dungeon and it just so happens to be next to like a couple A plus dungeons. Yeah. So nobody talks about it, but like, by God, this is a great dungeon. So I'm, I'm gonna plant my flag here. Fire Temple, most underrated dungeon in the Zelda series. What say you? You know, it's definitely, I would agree at least that it's definitely the most underrated in Ocarina of Time. Because if you, like, walked up to somebody and you were like, hey, name me a dungeon from Ocarina of Time, I'm pretty sure the Fire Temple would never be the first thing out of their mouth. It Because, there, like you said, no. there are just so many other good dungeons that people initially think of when they they hear Ocarina of Time or think about Ocarina of Time. And I, I also really like the, the Fire Temple in this game. I'm one of those weirdos that does it before the Forest Temple. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, I think, it, in, in my opinion at least, has the best teleportation song uh, that you get for it. I really like it. The Bolero of Fire. I just butchered that. Sorry. But yeah. um, also, I, I really, really like the moment where you see... Uh, <sighs> <laughs> Darunia, I almost called him Rudania. Darunia again. Um, it's such a cool moment because, like, it really shows how well they connected in the past where they became brothers. And he's like, oh, man, this kid's all grown up now. And he's like, I, I'm going to go after the dragon. You go help my people. Like, he's really trusting Link to go save, uh, you know, his people while he takes care of the, the beast. And it, I just think it shows a really cool level of trust and... It's like it's like a underrated relationship for sure in the Zelda series is uh, Druidia and Link's, uh, you know, their their friendship and the fact that they're brothers even though they're not, you know, right. the same species or whatever. That you know, being a brother with a Goron is a huge deal to them. So I just really like that aspect of the story at least. Um, the puzzles are cool. I I I also really like the Fire Dancer. I, I don't know why we suck with names today, but <laughs> I can't think of its name either. Um, if One of the things I also like about this is you can go get a lot of the keys before you save a lot of the Gorons. Because I know that sometimes when I was younger, we would go find keys and then we'd be like, 
where the heck is the next key? How do we get the next Goron out? Like, what are we doing? And But now that I'm older, I know that you can get a lot of them before you even start helping the Gorons, which is cool. Um, and yeah, the boss fight is pretty awesome. It's pretty cinematic. Um, I don't know if I really like the mechanic of fighting Volvagia that much. Um, it's It didn't always stand out to me, but again, that's probably the point. It's very underrated. So, I agree. I I really like this dungeon, too, and it definitely is not talked about as much as some of the others from the game. Right. I, I'm going to say this, and you're going to probably disagree here, but if this dungeon was in The Wind Waker, this would be far and away the best dungeon in that game. know if i would agree with that it's kind of of weird trying to think of it out of context in another zelda game but um it's it's a really good dungeon i i appreciate this one very much and yeah unfortunately it's just in the middle of better dungeons (laughs) it's unfortunate oh man all right al bring us home what's the last one on your list okay mine is also a fire dungeon and it is from Skyward Sword, and it's this, it happens to be the second one. So, you know, people think of the first one, the Earth uh, Dungeon or Earth Temple from Skyward Sword. It's the second one um, of the game, and it's pretty cool. It's got It's a good dungeon, but I feel like a lot of people overlook Fire Sanctuary, like, a lot. Or really don't think it's that solid of a dungeon at all. I, I think I know that Mossies doesn't think this is a very good dungeon. Um, uh, just... I feel like it just gets a lot of people who are kind of like meh and maybe because it's the last dungeon of that sequence before you have to start doing the hero song which also is a momentum killer but of the of the like final three dungeons in that sequence where you're um making the master sword it it's like I wouldn't say it's better than uh than oh my gosh why can't I think of names today the <laughs> the ancient cistern. Um, I wouldn't say it's better, but it's definitely better than sand the sand ship. I don't really care for that dungeon very much. Really, I, I know a lot of okay. people really like it, but I don't. Um, I think the fire sanctuary is very aesthetically pleasing. It's got a lot of really pretty colors in it. Um, you kind of go inside and outside, which is super cool. I always like that in a dungeon. Um, you get the you get the magma mitts. Which, you know, is an upgraded item, and that's, like, that's kind of sucky, but you get to go underground, which is super cool. You get to fight these creepy little centipede dudes underground. I really like that. Um, There's this part where you're, like, running from lava underground, and it's really, like, kind of gets your heart racing, and it's kind of like, ah, I'm about to, you know, like, I'm claustrophobic, and I'm going to die from lava underground. It's creepy. Um, and then another part of it that's very underrated is that you're fighting Girahim again, but I really, really, really like fighting Girahim in this, this dungeon because you're starting to see him crack and he's a little bit more powerful and he's a little bit more sadistic and kind of crazy at this point. And I just think it shows really good development of the story so far. I always look forward to getting to this dungeon. I kind of hit my wall at sand, at the sand sea and the sand ship. And because I don't really like it that much. But once I get past that wall, I'm like, oh, yes, we're going to Fire Sanctuary next. I really, really like this dungeon. I feel like not a lot of people really care about it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I feel like this could actually... Almost everything I said about the Fire Temple from Ocarina of Time, I feel like isn't that far removed from being applicable to Fire Sanctuary. Where, like, 
it's a it's a really good dungeon. I wouldn't say that I think that this dungeon is better than the Fire Temple, but it's no. it's like kind of got the same thing where it's like, you know, you go through uh, Lanayru Mining Facility and then Ancient Cistern and then Sands Ship, which are like, you know, some of my favorite dungeons in Zelda. And like those are bang, 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 three in a row, great dungeons. So like it's, I, I feel like just by virtue of like this one coming after that, and then, like you said, like being right before um, Song of the Hero, I feel like that probably does bring it down a little bit. Um, one thing, I, I actually, I like this dungeon too. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite because I I was never like that crazy about having to make like the um, the platforms with like the, the water droplets or, or anything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But the one the one thing that, that holds it back for me, which uh, is, is a plus for you, is you fight Gearheim again. And like, I, I don't really like that. Um, just not my thing. I, I think that, you know, I think that when you fight the final boss of the game, like that many times, it's just kind of like, you know, diminishing returns every time that you do it. Although he does look very cool when you fight him. And he's definitely kind of cracking up, but it's, it's more or less like the same fight as, you know, the first time you fought him in the game. So I, for me, that holds it back a little bit, but it, it's like, again, it's like, it's such a, it's a very solid dungeon. Uh, I don't think that Skyward Sword really has any bad dungeons. Just taking a quick look at them here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but yeah, I, I think that that is maybe what it is. It's like, I think if you ask like the majority of Zelda fans, you know, what's the best dungeon from Skyward Sword? They, it, typically, you would get one of three answers, either Sandship, Ancient Cistern, or Lanayru Mining Facility. And I feel like you'd get that pretty consistently. And I, I think that by virtue of, you know, Fire Sanctuary having to follow that string of, like, really great dungeons, yeah. that that to me is, is probably why it's not talked about as much. I honestly feel like if you just did Fire Sanctuary as the final dungeon before going to the end sequence of the game versus Fire Sanctuary, Song of the Hero, Sky Keep, and then the final sequence of the game. <laughs> it would be such a solid, um, like, final dungeon. Um, and maybe that could be your final fight with Girahim versus you fight him and then you go do all this other crap and then you fight him again at the end. I, I mean, I understand people who don't, like, like you, who don't like fighting the, you know, the main bad over and over again like yuga and that kind of thing but it's definitely not as bad as imprisoned imprisoned is awful the change is not enough but i feel like i just like it for a story standpoint i guess like could there have been a cool boss there yeah of course there could but for the cinematic story point of it you know it's really cool because you're starting to see this character slip he's like literally losing his mind and I just really like that, and it, it's definitely something that I look forward to at this time in the game. So yeah, it definitely follows some really, really like super great dungeons of the entire series in that game. So a lot of people are just like, ugh, you know, we're just in this dungeon that's not that great. You're fighting Gyrian again, that's not that great. And now I have to go do the Song of the Hero? Blech. So I feel like it doesn't yeah. get that much love, but it totally deserves it. It's such a good dungeon. I like it a lot. Yep, it's uh, it's an incredibly solid dungeon. I feel like it's it's like a it's like a solid B. It's a B dungeon. Yeah, I like that solid. It's just B. next to a couple A's. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I would give this show, Allison, a solid A plus. This is a great show, uh, and of course, we want to hear what you guys think of our picks, uh, and we want to hear what you think 
are the most underrated dungeons in the Legend of Zelda series. Very curious about this. Uh, let us know what you think over on Discord, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Allison, anything you want to say before we get on out of here? Nope. Probably go play Minish Cap so you remember the middle dungeons. <laughs> Uh, you did that just for me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I do want to let everybody know uh, Allison and I have tinkered around with our RSS feed, and now you can find the Champions Cast on a bunch of different uh, podcast apps now. Uh, we're now available on um, iHeartRadio, Player FN, um, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, easy for me to say, Podbean, and iTunes. So all of the originals plus a few more will be on um, will be on uh, Alexa later this week so just a lot of different options if you want to listen to the champions cast in a different way so there you go while you're there subscribe and give us a five star review by god that would be really awesome uh, we're going to get out of here for this week but like i said we want to hear what you think uh, let us know over on twitter i am at spateri316 allison is at allison aletha we are out of here for this week And we will see everybody back here next week. Take care.